0: Welcome to the Pilates Podcast, a podcast and community for all movement lovers, instructors and anyone who simply adores their core.
1: We chat about all things movement, teaching, health and much, much more.
0: Our mission is simple, to get you moving and feeling inspired by sharing our own knowledge as well as bringing on guest speakers.
1: Wherever and however you are listening, we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. Thanks so much for all of the love from last week's episode. We had lots of fun talking to Sharmin. This week, we have the beautiful Jo from the Movement Hub on. We're very excited to get into a big conversation on pregnancy with her. Jo's also 24 weeks now, Jo? Yes, Yeah. 24 weeks pregnant. 24 weeks. Beautiful. All right. Before we get into it, we will start with a quick little rapid fire round just to learn some very quick things about you. So, Luke, whenever you are ready, fire away. <laughs> I'm ready
0: to go. So, Joe, reformer or Matt?
2: Oh, tricky question. Um, I'm going to say Matt, to be honest. Probably against what most people say, but I'm going to say Matt. Perfect. Yeah. Studio or gym? Uh, gym. Even though yeah. I do pop plateaus, I'm still a, still a gym junkie. <laughs> Inside or outside sessions? Outside, especially if you're in Queensland like myself and it's nice and sunny.
0: Yeah, yoga or Pilates.
2: Pilates, obviously. <laughs> <Biased again>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> favorite activewear brand.
2: Oh, I'm gonna have to say Lulu. Lulu Lemon are ones the Align leggings I have been loving during pregnancy because they just the most comfortable, even more comfortable than pregnancy leggings that I found. Um, they just really stretch over your bump.
0: Perfect. Coffee or tea?
2: I would normally say coffee, but I've been off coffee. So at the moment, we'll just, I'm on the herbal teas at the moment. So tea is oh, for now.
0: Me too this morning, actually. Mm.
2: <laughs> um, would you prefer, what type of
0: studio do you prefer to go to and what type of class style? What's your fave go-to?
2: Myself, I like going to reformer classes because I don't, Teach as many reformer classes. I more do clinical style Pilates, so I do like going to reformer because I feel like a it gives you more ideas as an instructor of different exercises when you get instructed by different people, and b it's a bit more of a high intensity workout, and I find you get a lot more done then than what you'd actually do at home yourself. It's one of those things as an instructor, like oh yeah, I'll do some stuff on the reformer, and then ten minutes in you're sort of doing something else, and you've given up, and you're like okay, I should probably just go to a class. And do
0: you have a favourite studio that you like going to for those reformer classes? Well,
2: I've just moved up to Queensland. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm still yet to, we were only here for a few months. I know there's an amazing one called Noosa Flow up in Noosa Um, and there's another one called Bare Bones, which is just around the corner from me. But everything with COVID-19 and all the closing of all the studios, that happened pretty much when I was ready to get into classes. So that's one of my things now things are opening up again soon is to be able to get back into going to more classes myself.
0: Awesome. We'll have to get back to that one once you settled in. You'll have a yeah. fave studio to go to, I'm sure. Run or walk?
2: <laughs> well, normally running but mm. walking at the moment. I have got myself a little puppy Bailey who's an eight month old lad. And I didn't realise that having a dog is so good for your mind and your soul and gets you out the house every day and you know, I get my 10,000 steps in every day just by walking with her, which is good.
0: Oh, awesome. Go you. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> your go-to playlist
2: vibe? Oh, I'm more of an acoustic. Um, I think on Spotify, it's like your coffee house sort of vibe, your acoustic tunes. Coffee and Johnson. chill. Yeah, coffee and chill. That's my go-to. Sometimes I'll put on a bit more of an upbeat one for four athletes, but generally I find the coffee and chill playlist is my go-to.
0: Awesome. And what is your favorite prop that you couldn't live without?
2: Oh, favorite prop. I am a sucker and I do love the magic circle. I know a lot of people hate them, but I think it's one of those pieces of equipment that can do exercises that other equipment can't do. So it's even though you can't do as many exercises with the magic circle, I think it's something that can cause a lot of brutality in the (laughs) short space of time that you use it.
0: Definitely for those inner thighs. Yeah. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast this morning, even with eating for two?
2: <laughs> I had a smoothie. So I start my day most mornings with a smoothie, um, just a vegan protein powder, banana, peanut butter, anything else I can find in the fridge, a bit of granola on top. Um, but that's generally how I start my morning, unless I feel like some peanut butter on toast, which sometimes happens. But most of the time I'd say I start pretty healthy with my smoothies.
0: Yum, peanut butter makes everything taste great, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you. So good.
1: That's awesome. I guess so that we can learn even, we've learned a tiny bit about you now, but <laughs> that we can learn a bit more and the listeners can find out a bit about your background and sort of what got you into physio and Pilates. Can you just give us a little intro to Jo? Yes.
2: Yeah. So um, I've been a physio for probably nearly 10 years now. I, can't, I don't even know what year on yet, about 10 years. Um, so I suppose I got into physio myself. Um, I was pretty sporty as a kid um, and I struggled with knee injuries and things like that. And I saw physios when I was growing up. So for me going to, when I sort of decided what I wanted to do at uni, physio was something that I knew I'd always wanted to do. And I always liked the sport and movement side of physio. And I suppose my journey as a physio started more in sports side of things when I graduated. And then it's developed over the years more into your functional movement, your strength and conditioning, your Pilates, and now more so women's health. So I've kind of evolved through my physio journey to get to where I am today. I suppose I'm more of a pelvic floor physio now, so involved in women's health areas. Um, I've got training in pole star, Pilates and strength and conditioning as well. So I'm a big lover of, like I said, the functional side of physio. I suppose I'm more of a rehab physio. I like to look at people and address what what's going on with their body because I think if we don't look at what's happening with someone's body, we can give them a few exercises or we can send them home and do a bit of treatment, but that injury is always going to come back. So I find tying in the Pilates component as rehab, I suppose, I think all my clients that I see, I recommend Pilates because to me, it's the answer to everyone's issues. I think if people know how to move their body correctly and know different components of their body and where to strengthen, then they're going to be able to move through life without having specific injuries or if they do get an injury, they know what caused it. So i combine, I suppose, my background with that and strength and conditioning to sort of progress people through the stages so that they, when they have an injury, they're not just having an injury and then coming back to square one, they then do classes, and then we take them the next step further and they might go back to that high level fitness. And then more recently, um, I suppose, with being on my own pregnancy journey, I'm involved in women's health. So Specialize more in pre postnatal fitness. So, educating women about the pelvic floor, educating women about the changes that happen in their body. And so, many, I think, more so from being pregnant now, a lot of my friends are pregnant and have kids. You find out and you hear that as women that are pregnant, we kind of get left a little bit about uncertainty or what we can and can't do. And we have our doctor's appointments, we have our midwife's appointments, which are great. And more so postpartum, we're kind of left as to, you know, can I do this? Should I do this exercise? And I know even classes, and instructors and PTs, in certain cases, they don't know what they should be doing. So mm. I suppose I see myself as where I can come in and educate people, instructors and PTs and clients about giving them the confidence to be able to continue through their pregnancy journey and keep moving because movement is so, so important for the baby. There's so much research that shows how exercise is good for you and your baby and you plus them to growth and things like that. And it's just, we're not aware of that. So that's where I like to come in.
0: Definitely. And can you talk us through like movement wise, what you would actually recommend through the different stages of pregnancy? Cause I find that a few questions come up about like, you know, exactly what can I do? What can not I do where I'm at? Can I start Pilates now that I'm pregnant, even if I haven't done it before, just a little bit of perfect.
2: Yeah, so I suppose it comes down to looking at the changes that the body goes through during pregnancy first. So and helping clients, helping you guys out there understand what is actually happening to your body because then you have more awareness around your body. So in the first trimester we did your sort of first twelve weeks, thirteen weeks. Generally, it's pretty fine to keep doing all exercises. Unless you have a complication, keep going with normal exercises. The main thing you have to be aware of in your first trimester is just environmental conditions. So not getting too hot, keeping hydrated. And like I said, unless you have a specific complication or... Um, a contraindication which you're under a specialist for, um, then exercising is perfectly normal and perfectly fine. So I'd say you can keep running, you can keep doing your gym work, you can keep doing your Pilates, in your first trimester completely fine. When it comes to your second trimester, that's when changes start to happen. I always say sort of first trimester is your exercise is normal, second trimester is your strengthening component during pregnancy, and then your third trimester is more your mobility component and flexibility and movement. Because as your body changes, you need to change what you need to do. So in the second trimester, that's from 12 weeks to 28 weeks, is actually the biggest trimester, and I'm in it at the moment. I'm like, oh my god, I've been here for so long. <laughs> um, when you're in your second trimester, once you start to develop a bump, that's when things start to change. So as your bump grows, we get more of what we call anterior tilt in the pelvis. So is instructors out there, they'll know what that is. Um, if you're on here and you're pregnant, it's pretty much when pelvis tilts forward your bum sticks out a bit more and you get more of a banana back now that generally happens due to the weight of the baby but it's something that we can control through core exercises and through being aware of our posture and our pelvis so that's the main thing that happens obviously your baby is growing at a huge rate during your second trimester so you're going to start to feel aches and pains maybe in your back around your pelvis so in this second trimester, it's where it's important to focus in on your glutes, You're strengthening, that side of things in that second trimester. Um, when it comes to do's and don'ts, I suppose, I generally say looking at the benefits versus risks. When it comes to core work, people say, you know, should I do crunches? I want to keep going with my crunches. I want to do ab work during pregnancy. Guys, your abs are going to stretch to complete as much as they can, and you're going to get that little separation in the albium, there is no point trying to do core exercises. So I always say, to so you know, look, first trimester, if you want to keep going, that's fine. You're not going to be able to get them stronger. But once it gets into that second trimester, especially from about 14 weeks, that's when core work stops. Um, more upper core, so your crunches, your oblique work. You could look at still doing lower core working on TA and pelvic floor, that's fine, and functional core, but I wouldn't get anyone doing any specific upper core work. Lying supine once you get to that 16-week mark. Now, generally, it's recommended by doctors or an old school. If you're looking at sort of exercise guidelines, then they say, you know, don't lie down on your back since from 16 weeks. But And the reason for that is because of the stop of blood flow down to your placenta to your baby. But all of us that are pregnant wake up in the middle of the night and you're lying on your back. You have no idea how long you've lied there. So like I said, I still teach exercises lying on my back. I still do bridges and things like that. I would say to instructors, that is fine unless they have someone that has a complication. So, And as long as you're not doing a whole 40-minute session for someone lying on their back, they're doing for 5, 10 minutes lying on their back and then they move to the side and then they go back to the back, then that is completely fine. Then moving into your third trimester, and I can go into a little bit more specific Susan and not later on. I know we're sort of going to touch touch on that. In your third trimester, I like to see that third trimester, especially once you get to that 35 week stage. That's your preparation, and I know a lot of women are known to go sort of overdue in their first pregnancy, especially. And I think that's because in society these days we're so go go go, and we keep go 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 all the way up to that 40 weeks, but We've got to look at what changes are happening in our body, and when we get to that 35 weeks, it's looking at your deep squatting, your pelvic opening exercises, your mobility through your hips, which is important through labour, your mobility through your back. So, less of the strengthening glute component because by 35 weeks, we're going to know if that pelvis is supported or not by how that person is feeling. So once we get to that 35 weeks that's when we take to take a look more on the mobility side of things and i'd say to people you know that's when you want to do your yoga you're focusing on your diaphragmatic breathing i know for me i'm going to keep exercising up until 32 33 weeks is my plan doing functional exercises so gyms and weights and then for me once i get to that stage i'm going to focus more on my pilates because i don't want to go overdue so if there's stuff i can do in that sort of second stage of that third trimester that can help the baby you know get ready to calm do that yoga do that stretch and do those hip opening then that's what i want to be doing to sort of direct my pregnancy in the right way did that make sense did i ask the question i feel i may have gone (laughs) off on a (laughs) tangent
1: yeah so good and i think as well like it's um definitely in all of the what you say it's so true how throughout those stages they kind of have a different purpose like i know when i've worked with clients especially in that third trimester it's often sort of educating and talking about how in that stage you can also be preparing for you know strengthening arms and shoulders for carrying baby and for once the baby's actually arrived it's not always just about you know pregnancy in itself i guess so or things that you can be doing cuz you know you spend so much time not focusing on the abs
2: that there's still other muscle groups that you totally can strengthen for yeah the arms other get forgotten about and that the arms are definitely needed that's something which yeah i always recommend for pilates instructors to otherwise all you're doing is legs and glutes all the time so it's good to build in that arm strength yeah. as well
1: yeah and i guess for I mean, we're going to have a sort of varied listener, I think, in this podcast, but for the instructor that is trying to look at a pregnant client and for maybe, you know, mums to be that are looking at doing Pilates, would you say that you need to have had some experience in Pilates before you're pregnant? Or would you say that it's okay to start, um, you know, doing Pilates once you're already into even your
2: first or second trimester? Yeah, it's completely fine to start during um, pregnancy. Obviously, I'd always recommend that people start before. Reason being is before you get to know what your body is like. So you get to know how to move through different components of your spine. You get to know how to stabilize your pelvis. You probably learn a little bit about engaging your lower core. So for those of you that are thinking of having kids, I'd get onto Pilates straight away. Reason being, like I said, you know your body as a normal for you. Once you get pregnant, you don't really have control over what your body is doing, like your baby does, your pelvis does, your hormones do. So, it's like I said, you can still start, but you're not going to know what's normal for you, and it might just be a little bit harder because you're trying to sort of work with your body with where your body is at. You're working with your body when it's pregnant, you're working with your body when it's changing shape, and it's just going to be a little bit harder for you to work specifically on things like engaging your glutes and things like that. But definitely you're still going to get benefits if you start in your first or second trimester, regardless of whether you've done it before.
0: Yeah. that's such a good point with having a kind of a good base on what your body is before you get pregnant because of those changes but we do find as instructors you know people get pregnant and they're like oh okay now I've got to get onto things because my body's going to change and I'm going to start Pilates and <laughs> it's a bit yeah we yeah, get
2: that a lot <laughs> extra work
0: to get them aware of their body because you'd be surprised yeah, I think um for other listeners you know People think they know their body, and then they come into a class, and they
2: just yeah,
0: <laughs> different. Yeah. And that
2: happens more so when you're pregnant, and your balance goes off. Yeah, and you 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 know, so yeah, start early if you can, guys. <laughs> the baby
1: brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, a random question that it just popped into my head. On that, I know a lot of women that when they start Pilates and they haven't done it pre-pregnancy, that. Even though you're not doing core work, I guess cueing around the core can be quite difficult. Do you have, I guess, a cue of sort of activating the pelvic floor or activating um, the core, I guess, when you are pregnant? Like I've heard, you know, pull baby towards you and sort of hold the baby up or things like that. But do you have something in particular that you would recommend instructors can use that's quite clear?
2: Yeah, so I'd always say once people start to, once clients start to develop a bump, the easiest way to get them to engage through that TA and know what their pelvic floor is, firstly for pelvic floor, it's in supine. So they need to be doing the pelvic floor exercises and lying in a relaxed state because any load, and when you stand up, you have load and pressure that goes through your abdomen through your pelvic floor. Now, when you're standing as a normal person, we have, I think it's about 24, we've had the call, I had a, just some training on this, so it's really exciting stuff. Um, so when when you're standing, you have a certain amount of pressure that already goes through your pelvic floor. When you're pregnant, obviously you have the baby that's then putting even more pressure through that pelvic floor. So as a, as a lady that's standing and then you start doing exercise, doing arm work, that's even more pressure on that pelvic floor. So telling someone to engage their pelvic floor when they're doing you know, say kneeling arms on the reformer, they've got so much more load on their pelvic floor and they're probably not going to even be able to feel or know what's going on. So get them at the start just lying down and really working on that engaging through the pelvic floor. I find the best cue that works um, when I'm doing pelvic floor assessments in women's health is you want to imagine that your pelvis, so from your pubic bone up to your base of your ribcage, basically, is like an elevator shaft. And you have to close the doors of the lift, which is just the start of your pelvic floor. And then you want to think about pulling that lift up to level one, level two, and level three. So you're imagining that sense of lifting and drawing up and in as you're pulling that pelvic floor up. And then what's very common in people is they're not very good at releasing. So making sure that then they release through that pelvic floor all the way back down. So that's probably the main one I'd say. Or another good one is um, for your pelvic floor is Imagine there's a napkin um, or a serviette just on the table. You're grabbing the middle of that napkin and you're just lightly pulling it up. So that sensation of that light lift. So a lot of people tend to over-engage the pelvic floor and it's not purely pelvic floor. So getting people to do about half the amount of effort than they think they should be doing. So that's what I'd say for the pelvic floor first. Get people in supine, then get them in sitting doing it and then start to build it into the functional movements. When it comes to engaging through TA and low abdominals, get people in four-point kneeling because what you can do is you can really let that belly hang out and you can breathe out and really focus on the belly hanging out. Then as you breathe in, you prepare, breathe out, and then you're thinking about engaging and drawing up through the abdomen. And if clients can do it where they can see in a mirror what is happening and you can see, it gives them that feedback that, oh, actually, that's how I'm holding my belly in. And then they'll be surprised at when they relax how much of a relax they get. So that four-point kneeling is just a good way to get them to be aware of what it is and how they do that alongside their breathing. And then they can bring it into their functional exercise. So for instructors, I'd say if you're running classes, whether it's a reformer class or a mat class, I'd always say to people, if you can and if you have the ability in your studio, try and do a half-an-hour assessment one-on-one with a pregnant lady first where firstly you're assessing their posture, you're getting your background history on them through finding out if there's any complications or, or any pre-existing conditions. So, you know, are they tight in their left glute already, which means that could cause issues when they start to progress through the pregnancy and their pelvis. Um, and then from there, doing a basic assessment on their pelvic floor and lying and checking that they know how to engage it. And then same thing in four-point kneeling, you know, do they have the ability to draw in through the lower abdominals? And that's when as an instructor, We can talk through our clients about do's and don'ts so that when you're running a class, say you're running a reformer class, you know that your client is aware of what they should and shouldn't do. So you've got confidence in them going, okay, like, and you both know you shouldn't be doing this exercise. When it comes to this, you do this one. But if you've had that discussion or that um, appointment with them first, then they can still come to those reformer classes and you've both got confidence in each other. And as an instructor, you're not the one that is a bit worried about, should they do this? Shouldn't they do this? And, you know, whilst you're trying to teach 10 other people at the same time, you know, it's hard when you're teaching that many people to try and be specific for a pregnant lady.
0: Yeah, definitely. And just expanding on from that, do you have any particular exercises that you would definitely do with majority of pregnant ladies or something that they you tell your clients that maybe they can do at home to help themselves throughout their pregnancy and all the different changes
2: yeah so i'm a big especially let's like focus in on the second trimester because that's i suppose where you can actually do most of your exercises it, mm-hmm. a lot of your leg works so a lot of your scooter a lot of your hip stretches more your hip flexes towards your third trimester a lot of that opening movement depending on if they have issues. So anyone, um, that's why the screening is so so important as instructors, because if someone has signs of, say, pubic symphysis, which is pain in the anterior part of the pelvis, any split leg work is going to flare that up. So knowing this as an instructor, then you're going to be like, oh, we don't do any lunge work because that's not going to help your pelvis. Unfortunately, with things like pubic symphysis, it's one of those conditions that sometimes never goes away. It's there throughout the whole pregnancy. So for some people, it's about just modifying and changing exercises to suit that person. Um, So exercise wise, I suppose my go to are things like your scooter, mermaids like on the wonder chair are amazing for pregnant women. Um, A lot of hamstring strengthening work because if you're thinking they're getting due to the weight of that baby, they're getting pulled more into anterior tilt. So the more we can sort of work through the hamstrings and the glutes to keep them stronger and sort of allow them to get that posterior tilt a little bit more or neutral spine. So it could be your lying down bridging work. Um, Like I said, your sideline clam work, if we're talking about mat um, or your sideline glute work, a lot of the work for pregnant ladies is glutes. It's hamstrings is pelvic stability. And like I said, you can take them through the stages of at home. They're doing stuff on the mat. Then they can start to do more sort of functional step up work. So you can sort of, do a scooter type exercise, but standing at home, um, that sort of movement. So progressing them to scooter work at home. Um, and then things like your leg circles and keeping those legs moving are completely fine. It's just in a so I suppose a bigger class, it's getting them to make sure they're not breaking through the abdominals. So they might just have to put the springs a little bit lighter for some exercises and same with arm work if they're doing kneeling arm work and things like that, seated arm work. Is just making sure they're doing higher reps on lighter springs than really heavy because the tendency is with exercise is we like to work really hard. So we then brace through abdominals as we get bigger, bracing through the abdominals is a big no, no, because then that obviously increases your chance of diastasis. And that's the one thing I like to really, really try and avoid. Obviously everyone does. Unfortunately for some people, it just happens It's to do with their body, their genetics, their abdominals, their size. But, the more we can do to try and avoid that, the better. So that's where as instructors, we just have to really make sure and check that they're not bracing, They're not doming through those abs. Um, but yeah, I use, like I said, in terms of specific exercises, it all depends on what that client presents with. Mm. So that's where I suppose as instructors, if you're running small group classes, you need to know that, do that assessment before, or if you're doing a reformer class, you know, can you do pregnancy specific ones and tailor it? Um, to people or can you just like I said know which exercises are good for a pregnant lady and try and include those with modifications mm. in your class
0: yeah just highlighting like that posterior chain in that pregnancy is so important yeah. as it is for all of us in, in general life especially with how much our heads are going forward at the moment but definitely in having that extra weight in front helping things out Mm, interesting sure.
1: and I think that you would probably then say similar I guess Joe, in things to avoid in class for instructors like would you sort of say it's similar in that well I guess it's always case to case but um
2: yeah so when it comes to avoiding uh, no jumping no plyometrics um especially from that sort of 14 16 week stage reason being is the amount of pressure that goes through the pelvic floor and it's just not worth it because your pelvic floor, your core, they generally work. to say you're trying to do jump board on the reformer. Fine, fun, like I said, in that first trimester. But the more you add that load when you have the baby and you have your pelvic floor, you're going to work your core. You're going to have a lot of pressure pushing down on that pelvic floor, and it's just not worth it. So generally jumping and plyometrics, those sort of things I would say are, are a big no. And then obviously your core work um, are a no. But generally, like... I think we get this perception that pregnancy is dangerous. Like Mm. as instructors and persons like trainers, I think sometimes you're like, because we don't know or we're not sure or for the client, they're growing a human, which is a pretty amazing thing that our bodies can grow human. But women have done this for years. And, you know, they used to work on farms and keep doing everything. And now there's, I suppose, society's gone and we look at the guidelines for exercise and it's gone through it used to be so strict, you know, you can't get your heart rate up. You can only do this. And now if you, if you look at the sort of most recent guidelines, you know, exercising is great for your body. Like as long as you're aware of the do's and don'ts, and as long as you know your body or as an instructor, so you know about your clients and what's going on, and if they've got no complications, then keep going. Like challenge mm. them, make them do arm work. Like I said, as long as you're looking at clients and clients themselves, for those of you that are listening, you know, your body's limits. Everyone knows their own body more than anyone. And especially more during pregnancy, you know, when your body's changing just this morning at 45, I was doing some squats and I can't do any jumping now. So I'm sort of very limited to what I can start to do, but I just, I don't know what this little boy was doing, but he was elbowing me in the abs and I was like, Oh Jesus. So I just laid down on the floor for, I think about two minutes. And they came across and they're like, you're right. I was like, oh yeah, just taking some time out because he's obviously telling me he's not happy with the exercise that I'm doing. So as ladies, all it is, is knowing our bodies and listening to our bodies and doing exercises able right up into that 35 weeks, 36 weeks until you need to then start that prep labor stage.
0: I had that similar conversation with my cousin who's a doctor you know or there's so much fear around that pregnancy and not doing certain movements but there is so much you can do and there's so much benefit in it as well as long as you educate yourself and I think that's part of the reason why we were so excited to have you on here is to get that education
2: out to mamas and mamas to be. Yeah yeah I think in terms of the benefits like the you get like increased placenta growth which is better both flow to the baby i think some of the research has shown that you have like leaner babies um in even developmental worries if you exercise throughout your whole pregnancy then babies are shown to have better like developmental levels as they grow up and that's crazy because mm. that's like oh that's whilst i'm pregnant you know how how can me doing exercise affect the baby this much but even things like cardiovascularly, the babies are more um, prepared to deal with stress. So because you're doing exercise, you're putting under your, your body under a certain amount of stress. Um, and if you exercise and get your heart rate up in your first trimester, basically the baby is then prepared for um, high levels of cortisol. So when you're going through labor, that baby's exposed to stress. A lot of the time, um, like emergency C-sections have to happen because of the baby's stress levels, the baby's heart rate. So if you've exercised and your baby is exposed to your heart rate going up and is exposed to you being in certain conditions, then that body, the baby knows how to cope with it. And I think it's just amazing that we have the ability as women who are growing a baby to determine how some components of how our baby is and our placenta and things like that.
0: Mm. and the mental health for the mama as well just oh, to be able so to important. feel good about themselves and get those endorphins and that dopamine hit as well is awesome yeah well yeah recommended so how far into pregnancy can you be doing pilates up to like when do they say that there needs to be no more movement or
2: is that fully no. just taken out all these the days all the way <laughs> all the way, all all the way. yeah I had a client and she was 41 weeks and she was overdue and she was sat in my class and she was like, right, what exercises can you do to get this baby out? <laughs> so we sat there yes. in a deep squat, we're on the gym ball, you know, like I said, as able exercises, able until the end stage of pregnancy, I'm planning and it is good because basically during labor, keeping your body moving is better during labor for your body. A lot of people, when they're labor, you know, they'll stop or they'll seize up, but that the more, Women seize up during contractions, the more stress that is on their own body, the harder, the more they might feel the pain. Whereas if we can teach women coping strategies and we can learn how to move our bodies. So when it comes to giving birth, giving birth, the best position is not lying down. They always show this image, you know, women just lying down, legs up and the baby comes out. Like your body needs to be mobile. So the more you can do in that stage leading up to labor, in terms of your mermaid, your thoracic mobility, moving through the pelvis, opening up through the hips, the more you can do those, the more your body is going to have that mobility to move when it comes to labor, and you need to be able to move through the pain, and you need to get into different positions that are comfortable for you to allow that baby to come out.
0: Oh, that's a perfect niche right there. You could have labour room Pilates exercises. Yeah,
2: yes, I think there I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I want to kick back. No, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just got to get the partners to do it as well with them. Yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> so
2: good.
1: Actually, mm-hmm. on that, does your husband enjoy Pilates, Joe? Ooh. Yes, he
2: does. And yeah. he, well, he actually always did Pilates before me. So like even before I came along, he'd done Pilates. And, and then I've been teaching classes at the moment, but there's so many components I can't do. So I make him do it. <laughs> so on the live class, he's doing all the poor work. Um, but no, he does. And he notices a difference when he does like one session a week compared to not just in terms of, his ability to move, achiness in the back, you know, even things like his knee pain that he occasionally gets when he lifts weight. So I'm a big believer that everyone, any age, has the ability to do Pilates and should be doing Pilates. <laughs> yeah,
1: most definitely. I guess if you were in a, um, if you were in a class, and I know we were talking about this um, off this call the other day that you would be looking out for significant things in your own body and maybe that other mums to be can keep an eye out for those same things or even as instructors to know when to maybe notice those things or if they were to be brought up by um the client of when to refer onto a physio or onto an osteo or whatever it is that they're going through like
2: what what would those signs be for you even in your pregnancy so I suppose in my pregnancy, if I look at myself first and as a client going to classes, I mean the main things you need to be aware of are what is my pelvis doing. So any exercise that you're doing have I got too much anterior tilt on here, going on here? Is my pelvis is my core engaged? And I see it all the time with women in the gym and doing exercises and they're pregnant and they're exercising, which is fabulous, but they've got the biggest banana back of lumbar or doses ever, and I'm going. Ah, (laughs) so for those of you that are pregnant and wanting to keep exercise same thing it's it's, what's happening to my pelvis have I got too much tilt if you're doing standing exercises can you maintain that pelvic stability so use your hands on your hips a little more you've got to get a little, little bit more sort of feedback from yourself because it's probably a little bit harder to know what's going on when you're developing the baby so you know when you're doing any standing work are your hips level or is one hip hitched up um, same thing, you know, when it comes to, say, your arm work, your kneeling arm work, is my pelvis level? Have I popped myself into that mutual spine? Have I engaged my core and tucked back through the pelvis? I'd say that's probably the main one. And then I suppose the second thing is, are uh, you bracing through your core? So when you're doing an exercise, number one, you should never, ever, ever hold your breath. So if you're holding your breath, then you're bracing through your abdominals. And as a pregnant lady, that is something we don't want to do. So if you're doing a class, make sure you're not holding your breath. Make sure you're breathing throughout the exercise. you so breathing out to allow those abdominals to relax. Number two, are you doming? Like, are you noticing any doming? So for instructors out there, doming is basically as our linear alba stretches, everyone will stretch to about two centimetres. So for those of you that are pregnant, this is your um, soft tissue around your abdominals. So you'll stretch and you'll get that gap in the ligament tissue. So that's going to happen regardless like it does happen to everyone throughout pregnancy if if you notice a substantial gap during your pregnancy so more than sort of two centimeters you're sort of really feeling a dip and you get a thing called doning, which is when your abs or your skin actually sticks out and you get like an extra sort of bulge coming out through your stomach when you're doing any core work or any work that engages your core slightly that's when I would look at referring, especially so as light is instructed, if you're noticing that someone has that or you have a client that's come along and said, Oh, I've just I'm getting this bulge around here, that's sign of a diastasis. So I'd refer to a women's health video or osteo or anyone that is specifically trained in women's health to get that assessed. It might be that they need a brace to start wearing or support. Fortunately, there isn't much you can do about it during pregnancy, um, but it's good to know if they've already got that so that postpartum you can get onto it straight away. Um, but in terms of the core, that's probably the main one. When it comes to the pelvis, um, if we take a look at pregnancy-related musculoskeletal disorders, so pregnancy-related things that happen, um, most common ones, like I said, are that pubic symphysis, so that's pain around the front of the pelvis, aggravated more so with when you're doing like getting in and out of car, getting in and out of bed. So if you're doing any side split work or lunge work and you're really feeling pressure right on your pubic bone, that's when you want to get referred and get that assessed out um, just because the more irritated it gets the worse it's going to get and then it will be there for longer. If, it, if it's, so you can get onto it earlier with pubic um and adjust what you're doing. And like I said, you can still keep exercising. It's just adjusting your exercises. Then it means that you can get through pregnancy without having to wear a brace or without having to, I know women that have been crippled with pubic symphysis and they can't walk. So that's something that, like I said, another symptom we are aware of. Other one is you can get lots of lower back pain, common during pregnancy, um, posterior pelvic pain, so pain around the top of the pelvis, piriformis tightness. So there is this fine line. Obviously, with Pilates, we do a lot of glute strengthening. We love to work our glutes. We like to work for our legs. But there's this fine line of making sure your piriformis doesn't get too tight um, because your piriformis, which is muscle in your glutes, um can then cause a bit of compression and sciatica which is common during pregnancy so just ensuring if you're doing work um, on your glutes in a class you get a spiky ball you get a release ball so that you learn how to release through those glutes as well because we can strengthen them and release them they're still going to get strong we just want to manage things so that they get to the point that they're not going to flare up and when it comes to things like your lower back pain low back pain can be common in pregnancy sometimes i wake up and i have a bit of back pain I know it's just to do with the position of the baby. I know that I need to get on the foam roll and do some stretches and it will go away. It's when we get back pain and we avoid it or we just ignore it and we keep pushing through that then the back pain becomes more of an actual issue related to muscular dysfunction. So as instructors or as a client, if you're doing a class and you're feeling a bit funny in your back, that's a sign that A, that exercise isn't good for you your body right now not forever just today it might not be feeling that exercise and that's fine but b you might need to like i said then see physio adjust what's going on with your pelvis you might need to do a bit more thoracic mobility instead of some glute work that day so it's just learning to listen to your body and knowing that like one thing in pregnancy i've noticed is my body doesn't recover as well i'll do exercise and three days later i'm still sore and that's because all the blood flows going to growing a human so we have to be aware of that and when it comes to things like lower back pain and injuries our body's not going to recover as well because it's doing it's got many other things that are far more important so we want to try and get on these issues early as soon as you feel a niggle, because then it won't affect you throughout your pregnancy or hinder your ability to keep moving throughout your pregnancy did i answer the question i feel i may have gone off on a tangent (laughs) yes
1: so well so well (laughs) yeah no we we go on tangents too um i think as well like it's it's interesting to hear with you being currently pregnant like what you're doing and yes like you said it's always different person to person but i think it's good to show that yeah don't be scared of um don't be scared of exercise and that yeah listen out for those things that you've mentioned throughout you know the last chat so far and listen for those in your body and if not go and see a physio like yourself and are you practicing at the moment on the sunshine coast i can't
2: remember if you said you're yes, yeah 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 so in clinic yeah and doing women's health assessment so one other thing which you didn't just mention then is pelvic floor issues so that can happen during pregnancy um and basically some is related so if you have a, a as a client yourself if you're noticing you've got to pee every hour suddenly a lot of it is hormonal related. So if it doesn't change throughout your whole pregnancy and you get a bit more leaking with coughing and sneezing, that's when you need to go and get checked out, especially if your bladder is full. Um, a lot of the research showing is like the stronger and more supportive your pelvic floor is prior to pregnancy, the better it will be afterwards. So I recommend to every and even myself, I've booked in with one of the other women's health videos for myself to have an internal pelvic floor exam because I want to make sure that everything is working correctly down there before and i can strengthen it now before i then have the baby because the recovery is then better afterwards so it's something i always recommend to anyone that is pregnant to get a pelvic floor assessment now it can seem like a scary thing um having an internal exam um and i remember i used to, when i before i sort of went into this and i was like oh the of that oh. but it's once you've had a baby and a lot of the women that you do it on postnatally like it's nothing like it's going to be a lot worse when you have the baby. So, this is a way that you can strengthen your body and get your pelvic floor and know how, both with the pelvic floor assessment, is you actually can check if you're engaging your pelvic floor. It's the only way you're going to know, and as a physio, we're going to know what's going on down there. Because you could lie there and we could tell you to do pelvic floor exercises. But realistically, half of us have no idea what's going on. We're like sat there endlessly squeezing, just thinking, I think this is my pelvic floor. And then you stop and you give up and you forget. But you know, it, it's something that by having an assessment, you can get a, same way, like I said before, you can get a baseline of your pelvic floor strength, work to strengthen that pelvic floor, because as, you, as your be, belly and baby get bigger, that's that more and more pressure on your pelvic floor. As we know, our organs all shift up, your pelvic floor, your bladder gets pushed down. The reason your pelvic floor is the muscle that is pretty much the floor of your pelvis, so it supports around your pelvis. It is responsible for supporting your bladder, your bowel, and your uterus. So if you have a weak pelvic floor, your bladder is not supported, which is why you might cough or sneeze and leak a little bit. Your bowel's not supported, and your baby's not as supported. So you're, like a lot of Pilates instructors who are pregnant, you might see that their, baby, their bump looks quite neat and tidy, and that's because the pelvic floor and the lower tummy is keeping that sucked in. So having that strong pelvic floor during pregnancy, like I said, not only does it prepare you for when you're 35 weeks pregnant and you've got a watermelon pressing down your bladder and you go to sneeze. And then if you can actually engage your pelvic floor, then you're going to stop anything coming out. But it's sort of, like I said, it's been shown to prove that if you do exercises during then postpartum recovery is better. So If you're doing classes and you're doing any work, you do jumping, you do sneezes or you have a client that mentions they get a little bit of leakage, it's not normal. It is a sign that your pelvic floor is weak um, and I would definitely recommend getting checked out by Women's Health Physio. Like I said, if it happens occasionally or if you notice that you have to pee a lot more than normal for a short period of time, that is normal during pregnancy because of hormones, Um, but it's just knowing when your normal changes. Yeah.
0: what um when would you recommend for people to go get that check like how many weeks for that um pelvic floor check
2: i generally say so second trimester um so in second trimester i'd say so like i said from sort of that 16 week mark once you're starting to develop that bump and you're starting to get more pressure reason being is it gives you enough time to strengthen so if you say in your second trimester 16 20 weeks you have still got 20 weeks of doing strengthening work because Like I said before, when we get to that 35 weeks, you don't want to be strengthening your pelvic floor. You've got to work on releasing your pelvic floor and letting it relax because we've got to allow it to relax to allow that baby to come out. So the strengthening component needs to come in alongside with, like I said, that strength component of your second trimester so that you've got enough awareness and strength to then be able to release because a lot of women don't release their pelvic floor. It's already turned on. And that's a key, key component of preparing for labour is being able to release the public floor to allow baby to come out.
0: Cool. Thank you. So
1: good. Well, with the Movement Hub, Joe, I know that you are working on some pretty cool things as you are growing your own human.
2: Mm, (laughs) Do you want to share (laughs) us
1: a little bit about like your online programs and where we can find you on socials? You share some really, really cool stuff other than it makes me jealous of where you live when I'm freezing (laughs) in Mansfield. But yeah, where can we find you and what's going on in your little world and your clinic?
2: Yeah so um, I have been filming a pregnancy plus series during my whole pregnancy so each week I am in the process of filming because there's really not much out there for people in terms of pregnancy exercises so I just decided right why not just create one so unfortunately that project won't be available for a while because I've still got have many weeks 16 weeks of filming and then editing to go so that's something which will be coming soon so stay tuned so my website is themovementhub.com.au um so stay tuned and that will be put up there i do currently have um on my website a pregnancy education series so a lot of the topics we've discussed tonight but in more detail and what that does so it's Basically, from a physio's point of view, it talks through the different components. So it talks through about your pelvic floor, it talks through common pregnancy issues, it talks about preparing for labor, talks about different components of exercise during pregnancy. So if you are a pregnant woman and you just want to increase your confidence, then it's just an online course that you can log on. There's videos, there's a basic introduction to classes on there as well. Um, and it just basically is to think the more confidence we can give women during pregnancy, then the better. So that's one of the programs that I do already have up on my website. And then the other one um, is I do have an online Pilates course. So for those of you that can't get to classes, can't get to studios, I know with everything going on at the moment, some are still limited. Um, That is an online Pilates course. So I think about six or seven classes there, not pregnancy specific. So a great one that you could do during your first trimester um, if you have got pregnant and you want to start Pilates. Um, And also you get 12 bonus videos on simple things like how to use a foam roller, posture, how to squat, how to use a spiky ball, bit of a functional exercise program. So they're the main two programs that I have. I have got a little deal for you guys today. So there is a little coupon which I've created for any of you listening on here. So if you just put in at Pilates Podcast when you go onto the website, uh, that will give you 40% off those two programs. Um, and Ow. that's for an limited time. So you can go and use them. I think it means that the online classes program gets to 66 bucks. So you get a lifetime access to online classes for $66. Now, my parents in the UK have been doing them for like a year now. I'm like, how are you just doing the same classes? They're like, we just do, this. we just pick one each week and we just do it. And. Um, you know, a lot of classes, if you're going to the same class every year, it's going to get repetitive. But at least then, you know, you can pick and choose what you do. There's different strength ones and things like that. And then the pregnancy education series comes down to only $47. So it would normally cost 120 150 to come and see a woman's health physio um, for a half an hour assessment. And the research and what you can get from those is way more valuable if so that makes sense so if you, if you can't get to women's health with at least educate yourself on what you can and can't do um, but they're the main sort of two programs I do will be doing a lot on my social so mainly through Instagram I think it's at the movement hub I can't even remember I'm at underscore the movement hub um, I think the girls if they can share it they'll share the link below um, okay. so that's where I share most of the stuff I am on Facebook um, feel free to follow me on Facebook same thing the movement hub on Facebook um, and yeah, I'll continue to sort of take people on my journey throughout pregnancy. I like to share a lot about so it's my own pregnancy and what I'm doing because that's sort of a lot of the common questions I get is, you know, how much, why are you exercising so much? What are you doing this? And it, it's like, I'm really not. I walk. I probably do now 45 to three times a week and I do plastic two, three times a week. And that for me is plenty And I think, like I said before, there's so many women and instructors out there that. I'm about to run an instructor course. That's something which I'm looking at running up here for any of you on the Sunshine Coast. Um, An instructor course around pregnancy and postnatal as well because that's a whole other topic which I think we'll get to at another stage. Um, But that's an area that I want to educate instructors more on pre-postnatal and having the confidence as an instructor to be able to teach pregnant ladies because, it's like I said, it's not dangerous. It's not a scary thing. It's just knowing... Rights and wrongs, and like I said, having that assessment and protocol that you have in your studio and your clinic so that you know, like, that you're covered, that you're checking on your client, but you can run a class and you're both constant about what they're doing.
1: Yeah, Amazing. So. Amazing. Thank you so much for that, Joe. That's so generous of you. I think we'll both have to jump on it as well. And yeah. We're <laughs> learning for ourselves and, yeah, share it with everyone.
2: More.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you so much for your time. It's been amazing. We'll definitely have to get you on for maybe like a postnatal or a prenatal or a, no, we've done prenatal, a postnatal
2: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah post, <laughs> postnatal is a whole another topic. So that's yeah. something which I get even more fired up and passionate about. Um, but yeah. yeah, like I said, if there's any specific questions that pop up for anyone on this, feel free to like find me on socials and reach out. Like I'm more than happy to help with any specific questions. And like I said, it's just knowing when to, refer when to start wearing abdominal support when to start you know seeing a specialist well you know can i do this can't i do this and it's just having the confidence in yourself that you're not growing a bomb you're growing a beautiful human your body can keep moving you can keep doing stuff you don't have to like i said unless you've got complications you don't have to treat your body like it's injured because that's what a lot of women do. They're like, oh, I'm pregnant, I can't do this. Well, no, no, you can. You just have to change it.
0: Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing your journey with us and giving us the education that we've got today and going forward as well. We're so looking forward to having you on again.
2: With, with baby. Baby. And the baby, I look forward to it. I and know, with <laughs> a baby, maybe. Like, and a baby. Oh, with the baby, the baby can come on sometime. I don't think it will be Absolutely. very good for recording sound. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Joe. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Amazing. Thank Thanks you. for having me.
1: Thank you so much for such a wonderful episode, Joe. We hope that you all got something from it. We both certainly did. If you think that a mama to be or instructor that you know might also benefit from this episode, go ahead and share it with them. If you could also leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening on, we would really, really appreciate it. Or go ahead and subscribe so that you are the first to know about our weekly episodes. We have so much more planned, so many amazing guests ready to be interviewed. So stay tuned. If you want to connect with us between episodes, we are on Instagram at The Pilates Podcast. You can check out all of the show notes, www.thepilatespodcast.net or go ahead and send us an email with any requests for guests or maybe ideas that you have for podcast episodes. Our email is thepilatespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you all next week.